Hello there. My name is Stuart Fernie, and I want to welcome you to my series of reflections on characters and themes in some of my favourite films. I will also present thoughts on a handful of literary works, and there may be the odd vaguely philosophical piece as well. On this occasion, I'll be discussing characters and themes in the 1954 film version of J.B. Priestley's famous play, An Inspector Calls, concerning the potential impact our actions can have on others and our acceptance of responsibility for our influence. The action of the film and the play takes place in the north of England of 1912, a time when society is divided by class distinction. We join the well-to-do industrialist Burling family as they celebrate the engagement of their daughter Sheila to Gerald Croft. In considerable comfort, they rather smugly look forward to the future, but they are disturbed by the arrival of Inspector Poole, Ghoul, in the original stage play, who wishes to ask the four members of the Burling family and Gerald Croft about their involvement with a girl who has just committed suicide. It transpires that each member of the family appears to have known her, though in a variety of circumstances and by different names, and each has played a part in her descent and degradation to the point where she feels she has no alternative but to kill herself, and her unborn child fathered by Eric Burling. As the storyline and characters are revealed, so too are various themes, some of which are little more than touched upon, while others are more fully developed. Justice in the workplace is looked into as a group of girls make a claim for fair wages for a fair day's work. Mr. Burling abuses his position and authority by ensuring that one of the girls is dismissed for asking awkward and challenging questions about profit levels and wage scales. This reflects the position and authority of owners of businesses who put profit above social responsibilities as an employer, and indeed reflects the weak position of the ordinary worker who was in no position to make demands. Social justice is then touched upon as the Burling's daughter Sheila has the girl dismissed from her job as a shop assistant because she laughed at her as she tried on a hat which didn't suit her. She goes on to abuse her social and financial position, threatening to withdraw her account in order to ensure the girl is dismissed. Then there is what might be called romantic abuse, as Gerald Croft offers the girl shelter and ends up taking her as his mistress, only to drop her when a more promising and socially acceptable partner comes along in the shape of Sheila Burling. Although no real harm was intended at the outset, he nonetheless used her until it didn't suit him any longer, showing little real thought for her feelings and eventual fate. Mrs Burling then goes on to abuse her social position as the girl, by now pregnant, turns to Mrs Burling's charity for help. Her case is somewhat haughtily rejected by Mrs Burling, who rather self-importantly declares that the father should not evade responsibility in this matter. She adopts a very superior attitude and reacts personally to the case as she feels she has not been shown enough respect by the girl, rather than concerning herself with the girl's genuine need for help. This whole situation may seem alien to modern society, but it reflects a time when treatment for matters of health was not given as a right, but depended on the charity, or otherwise, of subjective do-gooders. Finally, there is a situation where the girl is left pregnant, but the father, Eric Burling, can't tell his parents the truth for fear of damaging their public standing. His father is in the running for a knighthood, and any breath of scandal would damage his social standing. In desperation, Eric drinks increasingly and commits an act of theft. Underpinning everything is the implication that our actions and attitudes towards others impact directly and indirectly on their immediate circumstances and well-being. Account needs to be taken of our potential influence if we are to behave responsibly towards others. In the course of the interviews during which all this information is revealed, The Burlings object to the way the inspector speaks to them. He holds their social standing and apparent importance in no regard whatsoever and steadfastly insists on facts and the truth. 
The young Birlings, Eric and Sheila, do show remorse and are willing to accept responsibility for their actions and wish to learn from their mistakes. However, Mr and Mrs Burling are too self-important and confident to accept responsibility or see that they may have done wrong. Gerald simply seeks to evade responsibility. The plot thickens when it transpires that the inspector does not belong to the local police and there has been no such death at the hospital. The older Burlings seize on this and claim this absolves him of guilt. Since the inspector has no authority and there has been no death, there can be no consequences and therefore no guilt. Gerald is simply opportunistic about it and is relieved it will go no further. But Sheila and Eric are shocked at the other's attitude and clearly feel morally guilty. There is then the whole question of the identity of the inspector. From the start, we are made to feel there is something otherworldly about him. From the way he makes his entrance, to his insistence on duty and truth, his detailed knowledge of the case, apparently knowing of events before they are mentioned, his hearing Eric's arrival before he actually enters, his inflappable and determined manner exuding total calm and confidence. And of course there is a small matter of his disappearance from the room he could not leave without being seen. Clearly we are not dealing with an ordinary inspector, but someone who has come to inspect moral guilt as opposed to legal guilt. The plot thickens even further with a phone call which informs a family that a young woman has indeed just committed suicide in exactly the circumstances described by the inspector, and an officer from the police is on the way. The police may not have all the details, but the family knows the truth, and the suggestion is that there exists some superior authority and justice. I really cannot praise this film highly enough. Deceptively small, it deals with huge themes of existential responsibility, social responsibility, and the whole concept of justice. Although it may seem dated in places, Sim's playing of the inspector is, quite aptly, ethereal and superb. My thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I hope you find it of some value. Please join me again soon for a discussion of more films and books.